0: This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an
1: international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships.
0: Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week we answer three anonymous
1: sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners, and nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sex Talk, the
0: summer version. Tracy, how are you doing? I know you have a little bit of a cold. I know if I apologise in advance if my voice sounds like I'm really a man now. Actually, there's something I need to break to you all. Um, no, it's fine. It's from – I can't work out. I think it's too much partying. I went to Scotland for the weekend for my friend's 50th, and we all celebrated in a castle, which was really lovely. But I think I've just overdone it, Kelsey. I've just overdone it. i am just, like, run down and got a horrible cold now. She's a party – she's, like, who I want to be. Like, she just
1: rages on the weekends, talks <clears> about sex <throat> during the week. It's a and like then sell sex toys on the side. Like, how do you get this life? Meanwhile, I'm like cleaning my bathroom
0: and like laundry. Oh, oh my better. god! I haven't cleaned my bathroom. I don't know how long. No, exactly. <laughs> See, that's great. Right. Hey, yeah. We got it before we start. I got a yeah. really nice little thing, and it, and it's short and sweet. I am a seventy-eight-year-old widower, and my girlfriend of two years is a sixty-eight-year-old widow. She said I should write to you to thank you. We are experiencing the best lovemaking we have had in many, many years. How fabulous is that? Wait, with each other or with old yeah. men? With each <laughs> other. Yeah. With each other. So a 78-year-old widower and his girlfriend is 68, they've been oh. together two years, and they're having great sex because of was Kelsey. That's right. I cannot wait to be 78
1: and just going for it every day, like with different people. You're like, what are we going to do today? And you're like, let's
0: have sex. And they're like, sure, because it doesn't matter. Do you know in old people's homes, that's really, STI rates are really high because yeah. people have that attitude. Yeah, because you have you have every
1: other disease. You have psoriasis, you have mm-hmm. dementia. You like, might as well get herpes too. It doesn't matter at that
0: point. You just yeah. let it be. Go, go for it. So well done, you two. And thank you for writing in because yes. that's really nice. We love to hear things like that. Live thank your you. life. Okay, this is episode eight,
1: right? That's the one I'm... Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go with these questions. I've been with my partner for 13 years and recently found out he's been having sex with a woman he works with. It's over now and we're having therapy, but we haven't had sex since I found out six months ago. I can't even think about sex. Every time I do, I imagine the two of them together and it makes me feel sick to the stomach. How long will this last? Will I ever be able to enjoy sex again?
0: Yeah, sorry for the, that's horrible, isn't it? To have to go through that stuff. It's really, really awful. And do you know, after an affair, I think resuming sex is the hardest part because I think that forgiveness starts on an intellectual level first, a rational level, and so the brain comes to terms with it before your heart does and then the body follows. Mm. So it's not unusual for sex to be the last, like your sex life to be the last bit to heal. And sex is so primitive and it's so intimate and you have to look into each other's eyes. You can't hide. So that's why it is the, the last thing to fix. But it has to resume or else you're forever friends, of course. Now, that video that runs in your head, there really is no solution, no technique to stop that video. And I think that really what she should do is you have to kind of lean into it. The more you fight something, the more your brain goes, I'm really going to play it for you now because you're fighting me. Just let it play it and play it and play in your head and then eventually your brain will tire of it and the power will be lost. So um, that's what I would do with that one. But there are certain things you can do to make it easier. Number one, don't even attempt to have sex until you've done all the work. So, you, you know, you don't have to accept the affair. You don't have to forgive the affair, but you need to at least have some sort of understanding about it. You can't just jump into bed not knowing that. I think you also have to know that your partner deeply regrets it. That is the number one key thing, by the way, for if you're, if the couple who are going to go over an affair, they really have to know that their partner absolutely regrets it. It's best to wait until it's less bad person, good person and more, well, okay, this happened, Together, we're going to make sure it didn't happen again. And, you know, it's usually, I hate saying this because people hate me saying this, but it's usually two people that create an affair in lots of ways, not in all. Again... I think you, you're ready for sex when you can look into each other's eyes, which is sounds so easy, but it's not. And, then, and you just kind of need to be able to do that because when you do have sex, you've got to distract yourself. This is not the time to close your eyes and go into yourself because that video is just going to come on. So you need to look at each other. You need to talk to each other. You need to be in the moment. And I would start by cuddling and then maybe a little bit of foreplay and don't be surprised if... One of you storms out, cries, all the betrayal comes back. This is going to be normal. Don't be surprised if you can't, he can't get an erection. If you don't orgasm for a while, this is all normal. Don't use sex toys. And the reason why it's about the only time I've ever said that, isn't it? The only reason, the reason why is that it sort of gives the element of another person in the room with Mm -hmm. you. And you don't want that when you've been having an affair. So that would be my advice. What do you think, Kelsey? Yeah, I
1: think, I mean, the thing I can relate to the most is that sick feeling in your stomach. Whenever you find out that something has happened that you don't know that you're going to survive, you know, and it's 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 real. Like the physical response to any type of trauma or finding out that your person is having an affair, it feels physical. And I think yep. the only thing I would say, and I you know, I've dated people and then they've moved on or I've seen that they're moving on. And there's, it's a really a visceral reaction, even more in your brain, you can understand, okay, maybe I don't know what your situation is, but there there's a lot of things that probably led up to this. And you probably can rationalize that part. But what is very hard to let go of is how it feels in your body. And your body mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to vomit if I, you know, and that's what you said, like you're sick to your stomach. And I think that's mm-hmm. the hardest part because you want that feeling to go away. But like Tracy said, at least for me, the best thing is just to like go towards that feeling and just really go like, let's feel as sick as we can. Like I wanna feel all the nastiness that this makes me feel. And for me, the one thing I always do when I am when I feel sick because of some type of sadness or fear is just go for a walk, like keep your body moving, listen to music, put on like a playlist that like takes you to tears and takes you to sadness, just wallow in it for a while. And over time it will pass. It just does. So I would say music, move your body. Try not to just sit there and think about it. When you start to feel sick, go for a walk and just
0: remember life is long. And yeah, life yeah. is long. Life and you know long. what else I was just thinking then that in fact, what the weird thing that happens, but it's not so weird when you think about it is that some couples come out of an affair and they end up having the most passionate sex that they've ever, ever had. And there are reasons for that. Number one, you desperately don't want to lose each other and you're terrified number two there's primal mate guarding so you want to lay claim to what's yours because someone's taken that away from you affairs create distance so and this is often why close couples stop having sex because they're like yeah whatever but suddenly you're like who is this person i don't know this person and it recreates the eroticism that's been missing. You also see your partner through other people's eyes. Like if you took them for granted, suddenly you're like, wow, someone else found this person attractive. And people don't, most people don't like this because they want their, they don't want their partners to think, "Wow, that's, that's worked really well. That was a good thing that I had an affair. You know, it doesn't mean you've forgiven your partner, but it can happen. So sometimes sex can be what brings people back together. Yeah. And just so you know, three. there's a ton of people I know
1: who have been in affairs, had affairs, had affairs done on them, and they are definitely enjoying sex again. So don't ever worry about that. There is, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and but it, it, yeah, it yeah. will take time. Time is a real you-know-what, but you, there's no way around it. So good luck. Keep us posted. Yeah, Keep good rest. luck with that. Okay, next question. My question is about having intercourse orgasms. We do what you guys talk about. My boyfriend gives me an orgasm first through oral sex, but I'd like to at least attempt to have one through intercourse. Any suggestions on how to do that? I know a woman on top is the favored position, but is there anything I should be doing to up my chances of it resulting in an orgasm for me?
0: Right. So just to to recap for people who aren't regular listeners, basically men can orgasm nearly every single time through intercourse. Only 20% of women do because our clitoris is outside of the vagina, not inside the vagina. So we need a stimulation of either the tip of the clitoris, which is the bit you can see, or the inner clitoris, which sort of runs down the side of the vulva. So we know that women who can orgasm purely from penetration seem to do it by stimulation of the front vaginal wall, which is the bit under your tummy. That's got a sort of hot area for some women, but not all, right? Now, the other thing we know is that if you have a larger than normal clitoris and it's nearer to your vaginal opening, you also have a higher chance. Now, this is because when the penis is inside the vagina and he's thrusting, it's pulling the clitoris so if it's the further away it is the less it's going to be affected the closer and bigger it is the more it's going to be affected so if she goes and takes a mirror and has a look you can tell whether or not you've got a good chance of penetrative orgasms or not and I've taken a mirror and had a look and mine are like the opposite ends of the earth so no chance for me whatsoever yeah you're the same yeah So 80% of women are the same. Now, I'm going to tell you some positions, but of course the easiest way to convert any sex position to an orgasm position for you is to use a slimline vibrator and hold it in place. Don't use a little vibrator because it gets slippery. You know Everything gets slippery during sex and you'll drop it. A nice, maybe six inch, very slim vibrator that you can hold over the clitoris. Another technique, this is an old fashioned technique, but works for some people, is what's called the bridge method. Have you ever heard of that, Kelsey? I think we've talked about it before, but remind me. Yeah, so that's just basically you bring yourself to the point of just about to orgasm, maybe through oral sex or people do this instinctively, I think, and then he penetrates at the very last moment and that can sometimes be enough to push you over. It can also be an exercise in frustration because if you're so used to coming a certain way and suddenly you switch to a different method, your, you know, your orgasm trigger path might go, hang on a minute. I don't like that. And you lose the orgasm completely, but it is worth trying. She's absolutely right that her on top is the best one, but here's the thing, two things. Number one, don't straddle him, squat on top of him. So don't have him underneath you, you know, knees on knee, your lower part of your leg on the bed and you're on top. Squat so that your feet wow. are on the floor. Yeah. Okay. It sounds, it is quite a feat. Only certain people can do this. But if you squat, it keeps the whole contact. Firmer and pressure, and it's not as bad as it sounds because you're not having to thrust up and down, so you're not having to move up and down with your thigh muscles. You're actually grinding in a circular motion. This is brilliant. What you're saying right now, I've never heard. This is like a yoga move for sex. But it sounds it's quite logical when you think it's sort of when you squat everything squashes down and spreads out so there's more contact with the whole of the vulva so move in a circular motion not a grinding motion and see where that takes you and if he wants to continue thrusting the normal way in another position say get him to rock rock against the the rock instead of so the whole idea is to keep contact so don't pull right out and then come back in Do the rocking. And if you're really keen, you would look up what's called the CAT technique, which is coital coital alignment technique, and it'll give you techniques on how to rock your way to an orgasm. (laughs) How
1: about that? All I know is that I got to visualize what I would look like squatting over somebody with my knees high in the the sky and me rocking over. I don't don't know how sexually appealing that is. What's high in the sky? What? You walk I just can't imagine if I'm sitting on a man but my knees are straight up and I'm
0: thrusting.
1: Well you're not straight up, so you're squatting. So I mean you're... I'm squatting but my knees are up. I'm not like <laughs> Yeah. And then I have no way to like stabilize myself and I'm just going back and forth. This is gonna be something. Well you could put you could go on the bed and put your hands on the wall behind the bed. Guys, everybody try it out. Yeah, report That's amazing. That. I would never think not to put my knees down, but
0: this is something that we should all try. If you've got knee problems, you just can't do it. If you have knee problems, or this sounds completely <laughs> mad, just put you on top and then lean backward. Lean exactly. backward because it because mm-hmm. then it gives the penis a sort of direct thrust towards the front wall of the vagina. So that can sometimes be the sweet spot. I feel like this is like a... An assignment for everybody that that is able <laughs> yes. to. This is something everybody
1: should try. I don't think I've ever. I, I haven't thought about that. It intuitively makes perfect sense. I I'll have to see where my knees are. That feels weird to me. I've got one more. I've got one more. I've got one more.
0: Yeah. Right. This is called the pinner position. The pinner position, as in your pin to the bed. So you lie on the on the bed, front like down, it. so you face face down. He lies on top of you also face down, penetrates. And then you put your hand, slide your hand between your body and your bed and you use your your hand to, you don't even need to use your fingers really. You just sort of cut the whole vulval area and move it up and down or just move it around a bit. And the pressure of the two bodies on top of your hand is really intense and lots of people are quite amazed how how this really really works so you don't need to move your fingers you just hold it i'm trying to demonstrate to kelsey just like a little i hate cupping. watching this cupping. Be <laughs> you're cupping the whole bottle section and then and then moving it around and then he's sort of thrusting up and down and let me tell you yeah, something it really
1: does work okay. let me oh. tell you something If my husband had laid on the back of me, there's no way Your husband was an NFL football player, wasn't he? Right. The chance I could swither my hand (laughs) underneath and not die of just suffocation from his weight. I mean, the man that's laying on top of you has to be very... Leave you some space. This is all very interesting. The pinner yeah, position I,
0: I suppose I haven't thought about that yeah you'd have to have a man who's not you have um, to have a lighter a, <laughs> champion can you Wait. imagine if just
1: a large man gets on and you're like hey 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 and then he doesn't hear you and you're just face down like, stop no it movement. now we're gonna
0: kill everyone <laughs> it's awful
1: no but I try it knees up and I call it the squish method he squishes he's, you
0: they're straight aren't up. They're straight, aren't they
1: they're up you're squatting it's like a squat
0: you're oh, in yeah, a they squat are up a bit. Yeah, yeah. And your yeah, hands are your are hands are bit, fr- yeah. you're
1: almost like on a and your hands are up and you're bump 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 bump. bump. <laughs> I wish we were on video right now. Like a yogic squat. It is a bit like that. Okay, we'll try it out. I yeah. love it. I okay, okay, last one. This is kind of a long question so stay with me. My partner and I have been dating for 2 years. We're deeply in love and the relationship and the sex is great. We are very physical and love long cuddle sessions, but we have very different needs after sex. He wants to cuddle and I want to sleep or get on with my day. We had a big fight about this recently. He feels used and needs a long post-sex physical connection. I deeply love him and want to fulfill his needs, but it's hard to cuddle post-orgasm. I almost feel this repelling force as if a switch has turned in my brain. Post-orgasm, I suddenly notice all the sweat, stickiness, dirty sheets, and I don't want to be touched. If it's in the morning, I suddenly realize that I have a lot of work to do and feel time pressure. I'm not that into morning sex for exactly that reason. He really likes it and wants to do it more often. What can we do to find a compromise? Is it normal to find cuddling repellent after sex? Can I train myself to get used to it? What do you think? I think this is what I was going to say when I looked at this question first. I don't know what it is, but every relationship i know has this kind of yin and yang somebody likes it in the morning someone likes it in the evening someone likes to cuddle after sex the other person doesn't it feels like these are the fights that every couple has so the more i think about it it's like energetically we're attracted to people that are different to us and want different things and you spend your life trying to compromise to give them what they need and to grow where you don't like something and so I've just never heard people be like, we just love the mornings together. No, one person's (laughs) always like, she always wakes up. She opens the blinds. And, you know, for me, like Nate loved to have sex at night. And I was so tired at night. And I loved to have sex in the morning. And he would not wake up. So it's like, are we drawn to people that are just going to annoy us in every way, including the bedroom?
0: (laughs) Good question. See, I see this. Do you know, do you know about attachment styles? I'm sure no. you would. Yeah, yeah. So, so for people who don't know, basically, the theory is basically, isn't it, that how how we behave with romantic partners is kind of how our parents. No, we're influenced by how our parents behave. How our parents behave with us is kind of how we behave with romantic partners. So how you were parented obviously has an impact on how you relate to your partner romantically. So there are four different types. You can be a combination of one or two, and you can be different things with different people. So the the one, the best one, the one that everybody wants to be out of the four types is what, called a secure attachment style, which is, the, you know, are you that? I don't know. Oh, lucky I girl. Hope to be. If you said it's the best, I hope to be. <laughs> I'm not secure. It's basically you had dream parents, you had a dream life, you've had a great run. Your parents, you know, took care of every need, but they also gave you a negative <laughs> no nope. So yeah, you're a dream to date. Everybody wants to go out with you because you're so easy and relaxed, and you're great fun, and you're not jealous, and you're not clinging, you're not anything like that. So that's like probably the one person in the world. No, lots right. of people are secure. Actually, the rest of the styles are insecure. Because of different styles of parenting. Now, it doesn't mean that your parents parented you, they didn't care or they did something wrong. They just parents parent the way their parents parented. So they might've been cold. They might've been distant. They might've been awful. Or they might've been just doing their best and busy and maybe focusing more on you, getting you the grades than, you know, giving you the love that you needed. So what I think is going on with this couple is exactly what you're saying. But I'm just calling it different words. You said yin and Yang, and I'm saying, I think the girl is avoidant and I think the guy is anxious. So an avoidant personality is somebody who tends to be left to fend for themselves as a kid. They grow up very independent because they can never rely on their parents to give them things. So they, they learn to just become completely self-sufficient. They don't really feel comfortable with too much intimacy and they like to have arm's length relationships. And I think this is this girl, because I think that she just ticks so many of these things. They often have trust issues, commitment issues. Now, I think the guy is anxious. This comes from inconsistent parenting. Like, So parenting, that one minute they're all over you, next minute they just disappear and don't tell you where they've gone. This is the kid that's crying at the school gates. They are the anxious parenting type of person, right? They fear rejection. They're a bit clingy. They're sensitive. They need constant reassurance. And what happens when you put the two together is that they're both after completely different things. One wants to cling on. The other wants to secretly run away. And They're doing okay, actually. They're doing pretty well because outside of all this, they're surviving. But I think it only plays out with sex because sex is when you're at your most vulnerable. So after the sex for her, she's like, right then, enough of that mamby-pamby. I just want to get on with it. So so she can distance herself from the intimacy. The intimacy has made him vulnerable. So he wants to cling on tight. So this is why you're having this extreme reaction. And as you can tell, it's not a gender thing because most people, you know, the the cliche is that women want to cuddle after sex. I never want to cuddle after sex. I just want to get up and get on with stuff. Actually, Miles is the same. So we're both probably, I don't know, weird. Anyway, my advice to you is your solution is looking into this in more depth. And there is a brilliant book. I don't know if you've read this called Attached it's by Amir Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E and Rachel Heller. I think it's fantastic. And I think if you can get hold of a copy of that, it's got a quiz so you can find out what you are, looks at the different styles of relating, you know, gives you a little bit of a clue as to how to, you know, circumvent these sort of situations. So that's, I mean, that's like reading a lot into a letter that you've sent us, but I'm 100% sure that's what's going on, 100%. And I mean, just on the basic level, I promise you, you can
1: train yourself to do anything. Honest to goodness. I don't think I really believed that until six years ago, but our brains are so able to change. Yeah. You're not stuck feeling repelled after sex. You're not, you, you one day could like cuddling. Our brains do what we've always done. So if you've always been someone who wants to get up after sex, your brain goes, well, after sex, we get up because our brains don't like to have to make decisions. And we don't have, we don't like to have to think about things because we want to be efficient. So if you've always felt this way, it feels like you always will, but you can change this. And it just, it's, it's an awareness that you already have that this is Mm -hmm. how you are. And this is how he is just that, just that knowing like how you two act and how, what you want you're halfway there.
0: Yeah, so You just, you try and new maybe things. maybe you can just compromise. Like maybe you can, I think if you have a chat about, look, isn't that interesting? We both want different things. What would be acceptable for you? Like really, how? what's, a, you know, and he'll say 15 minutes and you say, well, look, maybe I could do it for five and you settle on seven. Or I'm not saying you have a big clock in front of you, but just deny you know, there's sort of, sort of, so you both appreciate that you're different people.
1: Yeah. And when you're sitting there, when he wants to hold you after sex, what you want to do as opposed to hating yourself for wanting to get up and all that, just kind of be curious about how you feel. How does your body feel when he holds you mm-hmm. after sex? How does it How does it make your heart race? What thoughts come in your head? What do you feel physically? Just pay attention to it because there's a lot of information about who you are and why you are the way you are in that moment if you can stay with it for a bit. And he needs to try the opposite, meaning after sex, be like, we're good, you can go and see how he feels by letting you go right away. So I think that's that's what I would say
0: also i'm just thinking that, i mean maybe he's hanging around and wanting compliments like maybe if you if you finish the session with a lot of wow that was fantastic you're amazing you're so sexy i just loved that right anyway bye yes. <laughs> so just give him loads of compliments yeah. so give him the reassurance that he's he's sort of after and it might be that he's fine with you not having to lie there for hours god god that's not me oh i would love to i love to lie for hours do you? In the beginning, when you've got nothing else to do. What happens when you're busy, 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 Kelsey? I love Miles. I love lying with Miles, but no, no, it's just like... it's true. Got no, I would, I, you know what? I want to just jump up and take a shower. That's what I want. Oh, I don't, yeah, do you? Yeah. Hey, just one last thing before we go. Would you be offended if a guy had a shower just before he had sex with... No, no, no. Sorry, don't, not that. No. If a guy jumped up and had a shower straight after... Not at all, I, I would be like talk dirty to me or talk clean to me, really, see that's offends so many people it's like if they're trying to wash him, you know, trying to wash me off him. And all that sort of stuff. So it's just interesting how we just have complete, I would be slightly offended, I think, if somebody just literally jumped up and then just went straight in the shower. It's like, wow, I quite like the smell of sex after. Not like jump
1: up, but like, you know, five minutes later, I would, I, because I want to go jump up. I want to do the same. I just kind of want to get everything out, you know, keep things fresh. I need walking around with a memory of what we just did. Okay.
0: <laughs> comes out later anyway. You can't control when it comes You're out. You're a
1: dirty girl and I'm clean. This is what we <laughs> realized. Okay. All right. On that note. On that note, we'll end with that. All right. Thanks, yes. everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
0: See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's s e x t o k po you'll find info about my books sex products and more sex advice at tracycox.com and that's tracy with an e if you like this podcast please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast
1: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well